my budget has gone a little bit down. I went from blunts to J's. It's not not loving life right now, Sid. J's are okay. It just could be so much higher, faster. Yeah, but at least you're not smoking tobacco on top of the weed, dude. So, I mean, it's better for your health. True. Have you I'm been listening? you can hear me right now. I'm like way across the room <laughs> from my microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of quiet, but... So, the new Wu-Tang album came out. I know! Wu-Tang Killer Bees! My favorite song is Track 7, G'd Up. That shit's so awesome with the xylophone. Yeah. I like it. Oh, that shit's so tight, dude. I don't know which one it is with Method Man going off, but he rhymes like he ra- rhymes the whole sentence like through almost the whole song. It's like really good. I was like, wow, dude, Method Man's coming with it. Method Man's always been an amazing rapper. He's been one of my favorites since like uh, Cow 2000 Judgment Day. I was like, damn, dude, that was the hotness. I remember when that shit first came out. I was in seventh grade. I was like, I fucking love that. Once again, it's the super hot piper. Light your lighters for the future. And I ain't talking about Makai Piper. Roll it if you got it, people. At last, the prequel and the odd Cow Zero, the prequel came out when I was in high school, and I used to listen to that shit all the time, dude. Like, every time it was time to fuck, I'd put on to Cow Zero, the prequel all the Method Man, Method Man, Red Man albums, any, anything like Meth or Genius Jizza. They're just fucking brilliant, but listening to Method Man, it's like a lot of new rappers and stuff nowadays are coming with that like full rhyme structure where they're rhyming, everything rhymes, like beginning of the sentences, the middle and the end of their sentences or whatever. And Method Man's like, I could do that shit. And he's like, listen to my fucking song. And it was the last call, the bar closed. That's my cohib a cigar blow. Even Tony Stark knows the kitchen is thick as Wallaby Clark souls. But did I mention I'm sick and gotta be hardcore? Hardball, taking your base, that's what we all for. Money over bimbos, that's what the mob Good, dude. It's so fucking good. Yes, the man's like, I'm adapting with the times, and I'm fucking schooling this shit. I'm showing these kid rappers how it's done, dude. Yeah, Eminem, Eminem tried to do that in his uh, freestyle or whatever, but it was like, I feel like he wasn't smart enough with it. Same shit that he tormented Hillary for and he slandered, then does it more from his endorsement of Bannon, support for the Klansmen. Tiki torches in hand for the soldier that's blacking, comes home from Iraq and is still told to go back to Africa. Like he's like, I'm tossing tomahawks and get you throwing blades and grenades and get you boom and bang and, you know, like, uh. Got a plan and now I got a hatchet like a damn Apache with a tomahawk. I'ma walk inside a mosque on Ramadan and. He's writing like he's still like a teenager, like an angsty teenager and shit. You know what I mean? Well, it was a freestyle, wasn't it? He probably didn't write any of it. Well, it's all, like, freestyles are just off the top of the head with no sheet of paper. I mean, if you look at the watch, the people that go on Sway and they freestyle for, like, five minutes and every line's, like, perfectly rhymes and, like, has these crazy funny jokes and shit in it, like, it has to be written. There's no way, um, you know, and Eminem has, has always had these crazy freestyles where he goes for a couple minutes and shit like that, but... uh 
they've gotten better and better as time gone on because he's like writing the shit and getting ready for it. As long as you perform it off the head without like a reminder, it's called a freestyle. So, I mean, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. He can be like technically written or not. You can't, you can't really throw in some written stuff. Be like, you didn't write the, well, you could be flowing and stuff. And then you just like, you start out flowing or maybe you hit the flow eventually in the beat, but you kind of like throw in some of your written stuff in there. You like pepper it in there. Yeah, I actually have, I actually have done that before when I used to get in like some freestyle circles. I used to love freestyle, dude. That was like my favorite. We used to fucking do it under the tree at um, Crossroads High School that I went to as like an alternative school. So you, they didn't have like anything cool to do there, uh, like sports or clubs or anything like that. So we kind of started our own club under the tree, like during lunch period, just like freestyle. And then we started battling and that's when like it got kind of out of hand. And then they broke up the freestyle club. Under the umbrella tree. Remember that shit? Do you ever wonder what could happen under an umbrella tree sunny days of thunder your friends are waiting the umbrella tree no i don't it was a show on disney it was called under the umbrella tree okay and it was like this lady and like three puppets and like she's like always doing stuff around the apartment like okay let's let's make a fucking toilet paper roll into a worm and like the puppets are like all right yeah but uh that reminded me you guys were like under the umbrella tree fucking rocking it yeah dude rocking it rocking it socking it hey dude like what's up with these fucking big ass headsets that they have to wear at the pro tour now <laughs> like when they're in the feature match area they've got these big ass fucking headsets on like you can't convince me that they couldn't find like a smaller less stupid looking <laughs> i talked to bbd about that they just listen to they just listen to dr dre and shit it's fucking dope What they do is they just pump in white noise and stuff. It's because the commentator is so close to them. And then uh, you can hear your opponent through the mic. So you hear just like a kind of like, I guess, like a fuzz or like kind of like a static, very light. And then you can hear your opponent when your opponent's like, all right, go to attack step or whatever. You can hear them on their mic. So like you can clearly understand what they're saying. Oh, they're like noise canceling headphones or whatever. Yeah. It's so that the announcers or people aren't like, he's got a lightning strike yelling it and shit. You know, it's like, all right, guy, all right, chill out, bro. Well, yeah, uh, Marshall will yell their name out whenever they like top deck something sick, you know? He'll be like, oh, and Turtenwald picks up a lightning strike. Did you, did you see lightning strike? I'm just like, oh, Marshall, I love you, man. I wish Marshall commentated on every fucking sport, dude. I wish I wish Marshall would commentate my poops in the morning. He's so good, his sultry voice. <laughs> my eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. Here's the reason why. My eyes are red. I've been Welcome to Magic and Hash. My name's Tim. What do you call a lesbian dinosaur? A lickolotopus. And joining me from Cast from Exile, 
Who do we have? Howdy, homies. It is I, the lesbian dinosaur himself, Sid Swami. And I've, I've been enraged and engorged in my lady dick. So I'm ready to lick on some clips. And a man who was recently arrested for sending several incriminating and threatening letters to Morrow. John Hollis. You have no idea how true that is. Dude, like, I'm surprised that Morrow hasn't sent any uh, threatening letters to you yet. Or at least, like, some kind of cease and desist, you know? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is, like, there's times where I actually do, like, through whatever it is, Tumblr or whatever, like, send him questions, you know, and, and he just seemingly never responds to them. Have you ever been sent a cease and desist order from anybody before, John? Uh, I have never been sent a cease and desist order, but I have had, uh, uh, what, what do you call them? Uh, not restraining orders, but we're like, you have to stay so far away from people. That's restraining order. Wait, do restraining orders count? <laughs> no, 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 it's not at all. It's not like a restraining order or anything like that. Let's see. I've, I've actually gotten thrown out of one place in my life and it was, it was actually a veterinarian office. <laughs> And I have no charges, well, like restraining orders. We'll say I have no restraining orders in this state, um, in this district, in this state. Well, I just, I, I'm not going to say any definites. So, Sid, how about you? I was sent a cease and desist order from the people in charge of the estate of one old dirty bastard. Give me your number, I call you up. For being funky, fresh, dirty, stankin' like doo-doo. Give me my money! I, uh, I heard ODB was wanted in 12 states and 3 territories for something with the seal. Rest in peace, old dirty. Uh, Wu-Tang just came out with a new album. Fuck yeah. <laughs> is that the one that, like, that, that rich guy bought? And then, is so is it kind of like an old new album, or is it, like, new-new? New-new. It's pretty new, new. Like, you'll notice that, like, uh, the Wu-Tang, especially Method Man, has kind of adopted the styles. Me and Tim were actually talking about this in the pre-show, available for our $20 and up patrons. To help contribute to all the fun and magic here at Magic and Ash, please donate at www.patreon.com backslash magic and hash. Thanks for your support. Uh, you get to, um, you know, we'll give you a call on Skype and uh, you can shoot the shit with us while we're getting ready to do the show. Anyways, uh, back to the album. Yeah, Method Man, uh, he has uh, basically been uh, evolving his style to kind of match like what's popular in today's music, but he's somehow doing it better because it's Method Man and it's just got that old school Brooklyn stank on it's it. It's true. So is anybody else checking out uh, Pro Tour Ixalan right now? We're as we're recording. I, I hate to expose the business, but we're actually at, in the quarterfinals right now. We got our top eight of Mike Sigris, Sam Ahelfold, Seth Manfield. That's my boy. That's who I'm rooting for. That guy's cool. Uh, Guillaume Matignon, Pascal Maynard, Piotr Glowski, who is a dude that basically 
ran shit on day one and got into the top eight. So he's he's doing pretty good. Uh, Christian Hawk and John Rolfe. It's a lot of energy decks in the top eight. Like at least six of the top eight, I think, are some kind of energy variant. And you were telling me earlier, so there's a, a mono white vampire deck. What's that shit like? Well, so the mono white vampire deck did pretty good in day one. It was like seven and one. The player was seven and one at the end of the day. I don't think he won his draft pod, but then again, I wasn't paying that close of attention. But the deck's pretty sweet. It basically uh, goes off of cards like Mavrin Thane. Um, you have your Sky March Blood Letters, or sorry, not Sky March Blood Letter, uh, Dustborn Sky Marchers, and Legion's Conquistador. And you basically are trying to get a Oketra's Monument down, and uh, you build your board up real wide uh, by basically having Oketra's Monument plus uh, the um, Legion Conquistador being able to draw you like three more creatures. And over the turn, you build your board out and you win via Angel of Invention to like pump up your whole team or Shift at Dunes to pump up your whole team or a combination of both. Like it's capable of swinging for more than 20 damage in a turn, probably by about turn six or seven. Looks like a pretty sweet deck, actually. It, it's not, it's not unusual to see like some brews in the pro tour, but usually they get knocked out like day one and it's narrowed down to like, you know, pretty much the same six or seven decks. In this case, it was like the same four or five decks, but this brew actually made it to day two and was like a contender. So, because we saw the last few weeks, we saw a lot of uh, token decks with anointer priest and anointed procession, but you didn't see a lot of that at the Pro Tour. Do you think because pros are smart enough to just be like, all right, I'm going to fire off, uh, you know, the anointer priest so they don't gain 70 life and then the rest of their deck just doesn't do shit or they have answers in the sideboard? I don't know, but there was like, in Abzan tokens build, but I didn't see much. Well, I think this just really highlights how freaking overpowered Kaladesh is because, you know, if I'm a pro and I've got the ability to run a known deck that's just going to fucking wreck shit, I'm going to do that in the Pro Tour, of course, over some, you know, brewery kind of stuff. That just makes me freaking sad because if Kaladesh wasn't there, can you imagine how many good brews there would be in this Pro Tour? <laughs> yeah, there would probably be a Merfolk deck. There'd probably be a Dino deck, you know, I don't know. Pirate. Yeah, I mean, there could even be a hate deck in there, um, you know, that we just haven't seen yet, but it's just the fact that energy has taken all the oxygen out of the building process. Well, you see, when I was developing energy, I developed it with the express purpose of, wouldn't it be nice if we had another little energy counter as a counter on tournament coverage? And if, if you just look at the example right now on twitch.com, uh, uh, you can see that it's very hard to see the energy counter because it's just a dice. And I told the coverage team that they need to stop putting in an energy counter on the display around the screen. But they were like, that's going to cost too much money. And I was like, I'm the boss. And they're like, but not of the coverage team. And I was like, oh, no. Well, actually, in our meeting, a, 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 a secretary came in and he was, he was drinking a Red Bull. And I was like, don't drink that in my office. So he threw it in my trash can. And when everyone left, I stared at the Red Bull can and I thought, Let's call it power up. And then everyone said that was stupid. Call it energy. 
Well, you see, the thing is, everyone's so excited because energy's about to rotate out in the near future. But little do they know, the next set brings back energy. <laughs> Magic corset, energy cosmetics. We're going to bring energy in the form of chewing gum, which which will give you full of caffeine for all the little kitties. We just decided to make energy an evergreen mechanic, kind of like how we recently did with Palace. Just remember, we totally don't do tribal decks, so that's why I've got a shit all over this dinosaur vampire thing that somebody other than me designed. And we're not returning to Lorowin. Wink, wink. Yeah, man, it, energy is fucking whack, dude. Mario really fucking screwed the pooch on that one. And seriously, like, you're... Okay, so a Jeskai Approach deck made it into the top eight, and a Mardu Vehicles deck made it into the top eight, and a Ramanop Red deck made it. Okay, so you have those one-off decks, and then the whole other half is the energy variant. Yeah. Four color energy, sulti energy, teamer energy. I think maybe two sulti energies. But obviously, like, people aren't excited to really play with Ixalan cards at Pro Tour Ixalan. You look at the decks like Ramanop Red. Well, most of those cards are from Amaket block. Uh, the energy is obviously from shitty fucking Kaladesh. Like, I really wanted to see like a pirate or a, you know, vampire deck or something happened at Pro Tour Ixalan, but I guess we're still waiting on that. Well, there are some cards that become so powerful that all of a sudden mana bases start stretching to play them. Like everyone is stretching to play the Scarab God, and that card's like almost 50 bucks right now. And then Chandra's, Chandra's like 35, 40 bucks. It's like, what the fuck? You know, part of it is like if if you're on the Pro Tour, which I never have been, so don't send any hate mail to Sid's hate mail at gmail.com. Please send all your letters and hate mail to Sid's hate mail at gmail.com. But uh, if you have a resource available in a limited window, like energy or poison or or something like that, you almost have to use it because anytime you add another element to the uh, board state, then you're almost an idiot for not using it and exploiting it. Because you've just got that one shot for it before it, you know, slides off into modern and then it's not as powerful. I agree, John. I think like I think energy, they made that too self-contained to be like viable in modern. Do you think that in the course of, you know, this upcoming standard, I think maybe this February we got banned and restricted. Are we gonna see something banned or unbanned? Like, would unbanning something like a smuggler's copter maybe do something to help some other decks gain an advantage over energy? Like, if you were able to play, like, copter pirates. Yar! Yar! Or copter vampires. How would that work? I don't know. I think it just... Energy decks are just going to play that as well. It's not going to really solve anything. That card was just... It was too generic... Every every deck was running it. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel yeah. like right now standards just kind of like a balloon. You know, when you ban something or you know whatever, you're just pushing the air on the balloon other over to another side. So if you brought Smuggler's Copter back, you're going to see Scarab God and Chandra drop maybe ten bucks, and that you know enthusiasm or money is just going to up the price of Copter because it's so powerful. So no matter what you do, you've just kind of got this this state where there's a fixed amount of 
good cards in there. And until they rotate out, that's just the way it's going to be. Plus, doesn't unbanning something kind of say they're wrong at this point? Don't they just let it cycle out and fucking call it a day? Yeah, I mean, it's standard. I don't see why. I can understand, like, you know, how sometimes stuff gets unbanned in Modern and Legacy because those are Eternals, but this is standard. Nobody gives a shit. I kind of think that they figured that they wouldn't have to ban anything, of course, because then why would they print it? But I think they viewed a standard where you would have the Eldrazi stuff and you would have the Emercule and you would have energy and those would kind of be battling out until SLI rotated out. And then you'd have energy, but you'd have all this. Other, and then energy would kind of be like the third most powerful out of three decks. And then it would be the most powerful for the state we're in right now. I think it's just Whirler Virtuoso gives them so much range. They have a lot of removal. Then they get to Scarab God. So, I mean, it's like they can really just kind of clog up the board with the 1-3 the energy fucking dude or whatever. And I just think it's it buys them enough time to actually get to their end game, which is... Scarab God's a stupid card. I don't think they should have ever made something that like these gods that are so hard to remove. It just makes standard miserable. I mean, it's not that hard to remove. There's plenty of exile effects in standard, but you've got to almost play white. Like, look right now, Guillaume Matignon is casting his uh, Settle the Wreckage. And, you know, like you can get rid of Scarab yeah. God. Ways, man. I mean, if if it wasn't for Scarab God and and the energy thing, well, more the energy thing, we'd be talking about how powerful White is right now. White power. Yeah, I mean, Sacred Cat actually seeing playing standard. John called that one. Told you. Wait, yeah, that's true. the tokens deck. <laughs> what deck? What deck is playing? Oh the God, tokens. they're playing the Sacred Cat. Yeah, dude, with annoying procession now, that's fucking dope. Value City. They're also running the uh, the Abzan version is running hidden stockpile. It's a white and a black with revolt. It's an enchantment, and every time you revolt, you get a servo. And then for one mana, you can sacrifice a creature, so you could sacrifice that servo, and then end step you get another servo. So you could just scribe for one mana. But with annoying procession out, you're just doubling your creatures every time you sack a creature. It's it's pretty gross. Yeah, and if you have multiple stockpiles, it gets really stupid. Yeah, it kind of makes me uh, wish for the good old days of Return to Ravnica, where you had like the charm cycle, and uh, that provided multiple solutions to things, and I just don't see that with Standard right now. Are you talking about Golgari charm? You know, Golgari charm, Rakdos charm, Azorius charm. I mean, they all you know, kind of saved you a turn before your opponent could go crazy with like a tokens deck or a, you know, I guess some of those could prevent an energy deck maybe. So, you know, what the fuck development? who has heard like uh, the old show that I was on, I forget the name of it. It was with that Sex Panther dude. What up, what up? Um, Golgari charm is often a problem for a lot of people too, like, uh, you know, we used to have Hoover, that guy from Aethercast. And he would always ask people like, hey, has, has, do you have any good tilt stories? He wants to hear about people tilting out. He thinks it's funny. And it always involved Golgari charm somehow. Golgari charm, one green and one black for an instant. Choose one. All creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn. 
destroy target enchantment, or regenerate each creature you control. When we were on that show and we'd ask that question, man. Does that blow up all enchantments or one enchantment? Because I remember... Well, it it destroys one enchantment. Yeah, I remember using that in uh, Jun Monsters and shit back in the Theros Theros C-type standard, and I was just, like, blowing up Eidolons and fucking making all my monsters indestructible. I was like, I love Golgari Charm. I just want all these. Just give me all of them. Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna homeboy for Rakdos Charm because there's absolutely nothing better than somebody playing a token deck like Assemble the Legion or something like that back in that standard where you know I create infinite whatevers and then you just fucking Rakdos Charm where each of their critters does one damage to them the best salt ever. That was the uh, era of the white blue control where where you could uh, do Sphinx's Rev for like 14 and then you're just like on the other side of the thing like top decking they're countering everything you're just like this is the worst game ever you just scoop but there would be people that wouldn't play a win con in their main deck because they would just they would just keep sphinxes revving and just grinding you out by countering your shit and they just wanted you to you you to concede or else they'd grind you out you know you're like what the fuck this deck sucks the horrible memory I have of Return to Ravnica standard would probably have to be Unburial Rites like when Return to Ravnica and Gatecrash and Dragon's Maze were first coming out, those Unburial Rights decks just got stupider and stupider and stupider. Yeah. God, have you guys gone down the shop and played live cards anytime lately? It's It's been kind of a drag. You know that I only go to the shop for pre-release, but I have been playing some cards on MTGO as usual. Nice. Yeah, I've been playing MTGO a lot, and I go down FNM. It's draft around here, so I like to at least do that once a week. What have you been playing on MTGO, Sid? You, you're doing sealed, you said? Yeah, I've been on a sealed league, but before that, you know, of course, it was Halloween last week, so the Innistrad flashback drafts were back, so I tried to do as many of those as I could. Not as much as I wanted to, unfortunately, but I did as many as I could. I never played the original one so like what i i I played a few of them on mtgo but i'd get blown out by these stupid decks i'm like oh that's a fucking deck jesus christ they start milling me out or like the one guy had two like laboratory maniacs and i was like how how reliable is it but he just did it every fucking game it was stupid i was like god damn it yeah see i don't i don't fuck around i just play green white travel preparations and just smash those decks in the face dude i'm just like i'm not fucking around with anything cute because that's what people like to do in in astride they like to do the cute like spider spawning or burning vengeance or something like that and that's cool that you know you're good enough at magic to be able to play something like that you know something cool and quirky but i ain't with that i'm just a simple working man that wants to smash you yeah, in the face green white humans Let's take a little time out there and remark on how incredibly well fucking balanced in a strat is to draft. Because, I mean, you can draft up a deck using just freaking commons and uncommons and smash people's faces. I know. And that's what I was thinking with you when you said the quirky shit, Sid. It's like, I'm playing like a straightforward, like all my shit's like either flying evasive or just like powerful monsters. And then I have all these combat tricks. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're fucked. And then like... They're just locking my shit down, b- bouncing shit back to my hand and like milling me out. I'm just like, this is the stupidest shit ever. Like, who drafts that deck? Like, 
and it's just such a different feeling from today where it's basically like whoever pulls the best uh, rare mythic rare is just going to fucking win because you build the deck around that. Well, there's no rare or mythic rare besides Liliana of the Veil that is better than the two-card combo of Invisible Stalker and Butcher's Cleaver. Oh, yes. have a 4-1 unblockable hexproof nyuk, and he is fucking shit up. That's a quick clock, dude. Yeah, for sure. There are a bunch of, like, God, that unblockable dude is a really pain in the ass because like i built a deck with like a bunch of flyers and then like he's the one that fucking takes me down is some fucking bullshit yeah but on the other hand you've got all that you know you've got uh avacyn's pilgrim and you've got uh doom traveler and you've got all these little like really tiny drops that shit out tokens too where you can just uh you know get some stuff around that you know god i miss that set so much why didn't you play it did you play any of it, like, uh, between the 25th and November 1st when it was on Magic Online? Uh, actually, I did not. My my MTGO, um, I, I'll give you the honest re- God reason, because I was watching Stranger Things, so way to go, MTGO, for fucking that up. What'd you think of the new season, John? Oh, hold on, dude. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not done with this season yet. We can't talk about this yet, man. We don't have to talk about what happens. Okay, I will say it, it was... It was definitely awesome to go back to that world, you know, and awesome that they got a little bit more budget, so it kind of feels even more real. You know, some of that's nostalgic, because that's when I grew up, too. But, uh, yeah, I I don't want to spoil anything, but this definitely feels like a middle chapter. I thought, too, it felt like kind of like a bridging season, because there was... The solution was kind of... I mean, there's... The first one seemed like it was... Everything was wrapped up in a bow. You know what I mean? And then... Like, at the end, there was, like, kind of, like, a Twilight Zone ending. Like, oh, this could be more. But this one, I don't know. I I think the first one was just so new and exciting that I really noticed all, like, the 80s music in this one. And and then in season two, it's, like, I didn't really notice a lot of that shit as much. So it just kind of, like, seemed like another show. Like, I wanted more of the 80s nostalgia and shit. Well, you know what's really freaking, and I hear you, I mean, but also the first season, you got to think like, they don't know if this is going to work, you know, they don't know if they're getting renewed or anything, you know, it's about as wacky as you can get, it's on Netflix, there's no push, so I kind of get that, but like, what I thought was like, really, really good about the second season is there were a lot more 80s references, but they were really kind of more (laughs) sublime. Yeah, subtle, like when they hang out in the arcade and shit like that, and play Dig Dug. Well, well, like even just just the way that some of the characters are dressed, and um, you know the way that some of the scenes are acted out, and there's like a really good Goonies reference in there, and uh, it's the kind of stuff where they're not beating you over the head with it, but you know if you're of a certain age, you're probably gonna get it. I was around in the '80s, but uh, I don't remember people saying douchey. Now the kid with the fucked up teeth like grabs the alien shit, and he's like, "Oh, I'm being all douchey." Mike, I'd rather go to the bunny. And I was like, would they have said that back then? Like, I thought, like, the whole show was good, but that, like, really took me out when he said, when he fucking said... Douches were around that age. Yeah, man. Back in the 80s, like, douches were big. Yeah, I guess douchey was... That's probably when it was the biggest. Uh, I'm a fucking douche! Oh, yeah, Summer Breeze. What was it called? Summer Eve? Summer Breeze? Some shit like that? Uh, yeah. Summer's Eve. Mom, do you ever feel not so fresh? Yeah, Max and Summer Thieves. You know, she keeps the body clean. She keeps it clean. <laughs> uh, 
that's you know you had to do that back 80s even more because before pubic hair shaving came into fashion so you know you had to take extra steps to make sure that it stayed clean down there well one of my favorite things i saw on on the internet was like some of these youngsters were like all fucking you know going full asperger's because they didn't believe the dragon quest was a thing back in 84 they thought the graphics were too advanced and everything it's like bitches what they just filmed real dragons. Yeah, dragons. Dragons layer, excuse me. Yeah, had a big graphic department for sure. Because all the other games back then kind of looked like shit. Like they were fun, but they didn't look good. All right, now do you guys ever remember going to the arcade and there was like a big dome, like a like you stand around the dome and it was like a cowboy and it was like a hologram and like you could. Oh yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, what was it called the 3D laser disc thing. Yeah, that was so fucking dope. As a kid, you're like, it's like Star Wars shit. You're like playing with holograms and shit. It's so dope. What I was really awesome at the arcade when I was a kid was when they first brought up those games that were like uh, a board and you could stand on it. Like, I think I've talked about this on an episode before. It was like at the screen, though. And if you tried it with your roller skates on, you would kill yourself. <laughs> Top skater, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it was with Jason Roscoe. We were talking about this shit. Is that what it was? Yeah, I thought that was. Look, well, I, that I'm gonna... Guitar Hero just gets such a false sense. Like it's so immersive. You think, oh yeah, we're doing it, but you're not. Well, like my thing was like back in the day, whenever there was an arcade game that had like literally anything <laughs> physically different about it, that was just like the shit, like Centipede with a little trackball on there, or the uh, Star Wars video game that had like the little uh, kind of like T controller thing instead of just regular buttons or a wheel. Like holy shit, that was just mind blowing. Or even Gauntlet, you're like four players. What the fuck? But not Hydro Thunder. Not Hydro Thunder. You remember Gauntlet? That's the worst. Sid. Yeah, I remember Gauntlet. I always liked to play as the dwarf with the hat, dude. And he would, like, call down the fireballs and just, like, wipe the whole board out, dude. Yeah, that was a game where it's, like, you had overhead view and you're, like, it's, like, kind of, like, puzzle-solving type type shit. You gotta get the key. But, uh, I was, like, I bought it for Super Nintendo and I was, like, how can this game not be as good as it is in the arcade because the graphics are terrible? But it was way worse. And I was, like, god damn, video games, that was, like, the first game I realized that video games are so much worse at your home than they are in the arcade. I'm just like, this is not the same game. Well, I don't think I played any new arcade games, uh, but I find it hard to believe that it would be that better games we play at home now. Because the games we play at home now Well, I mean, dude, I'm playing a lot of games lately. There's maybe like once a year, well, first of all, there's no arcades left, period. And the only ones that are out there are like retro arcades or ones that do like the, uh, the board thing where you're boarding like a Wii and I'm a to be a part of Uh oh. Uh oh. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that air argument saying she wants to be on the episode again. Alright. Hell yeah, bring Sandy on. We love Sandy. Bring her on. At least she can do wacky news. I'm about to start wacky news. Alright. Uh, you have your Skype? That he's like doing this thing, is she's mad because she isn't on. It sucks, dude. I can't, like, I'll ask for one hour a week. They're just right on top of you, aren't they, Sid? God, jeez. Uh, yeah, man. Maybe it's VR a bit. That's, that's the new thing. 
Well, I, I probably go to Dave and Buster's like once a year, maybe for somebody's birthday or some shit like that. And it's like weird because all the new games are like the hip thing is to take something either from TV or from consoles and kind of make it bigger and more obnoxious. Like they've got a deal or no deal <laughs> arcade game and like all this, you know, kind of crazy, stupid shit. What about, uh, Tim, have you been fucking with any of the VR games? I know that you, like, are the gadget guy. You probably have the VR headset. Well, you were telling us about how it, yeah. you're using it to watch porn. Personally, on Magic and Hatch. I, so, basically, I have the VR goggles, and I check the games every couple weeks, and I, I kind of... When something really good comes up, I, I might even purchase it. So I've purchased probably five or six VR games. Um, every time I turn it on, I have the the controller and the goggles and everything, and I go into the main menu, and then I just go into porn, and then I never, I've never played any VR game. <laughs> God, it's terrible. It's just, it's right there. I'm like, all right, after porn, I'll get back into it. Then I'm just like, eh. There's a steam scale over how advertising all the VR games. And, like, all of them are, like, two or three years old. So are they just, like, not putting out new VR games or what? I don't know. See, there's going to be a real big push now that PlayStation has the VR and Oculus is gearing up. So they are releasing titles slowly. I'd say every three months there's, like, a decent one that comes out. But right around Halloween they came out with a couple, like, zombie ones that are really cool. And then they have, like, this World War II kind of, like, shooter one that looks really fucking sweet. So, I mean, other than that, um, there's like a bunch of flying ones. There's one where you're like, there's, you're like in like a, uh, like a flight suit, like a squirrel, like a flying squirrel or something. And you're just like flying down through these rings. And then, but it has like pretty realistic, like graphics on the, on the, like the mountains and shit like that. And you can race your friends. That's what makes it cool. But it's like 10 bucks or some shit to buy it. But it's got really great reviews and you could just like sit there and like just fucking fly down the hill and like race your buddies and shit. I don't know. What ifs? See, and I, I heard there was like this AR star Wars game for VR that really fucking sucks. And that really disappointed me. Cause yeah, well it's a, uh, you fight with lightsabers, you fight like a Darth Vader or a Kylo Ren or something like that. So like you have your lightsaber and it's just like, this side of the screen will get brighter so you know where it's coming and you just like move it over there and block it and then move it over there and block it. and that it's just like one fight deal where it's like you think you would think you'd be like more like I'm coming at you bitch and just like fr- but it's like more like the all right now here it's coming you you know it's like uh I heard it wasn't great at all basically the only AR game that I think that's actually been successful is Pokemon right Minecraft has a, has a, a version in the VR so you can go in and build blocks and shit like that. That seems to be always on the top selling deal. And then, um, no, not VR, the AR game, like the ones where you wear the headset. Yeah, that's what John. That's what you're talking about, right? Or is it a VR game for Star Wars? Well, it's a it's a VR AR thing. It's like you. I mean, it's like you're fighting like in your living room and shit, right, Tim? Yeah. I, ha- I wear goggles, it, my phone clips into it, but it's like the Oculus deal, and I have a controller, but it's like, I can't walk around and shit like that, but I can just turn my head, it's like 360 degrees, and then like I use controller, and it's usually got a cursor, like looking straight forward, and I can kind of like shoot things and look around and to shoot them and shit. That'd be dope to have like a lightsaber battle in your living room, but it'd probably fuck it up, dude, like, just like, slice your butt. 
It's like, okay, I, and it's just over the real world, and it becomes sentient, enslaves humanity. Well, Oculus is coming out, just came out with their, uh, the remote, which, so you can now sense where your hands are and shit like that. So they have these, these games where you can like draw a 3D picture and you can like sit in your 3D picture and look around and like make like a, a tree and then walk around the tree and basically draw in 3D virtual space with all these different colors. It looks really cool, but you have to buy the controller. You know what I would pay some fucking money for, for the Oculus, is if they had some kind of game or app where I can put the goddamn thing on and like kind of like the lightsaber thing it'll show me like where my wallet or my phone is or my keys or whatever and when i'm getting closer it glows and because there's you know like no i would use that every fucking day seriously well i mean them probably uses this every day you know yeah it's kind of like at the end of stranger things where where 11 dies you're an asshole tim i hate you so much <laughs> yeah But she died in season one also, but it wasn't really dead. Oh, was I talking about season one? Uh Oh, Oh, sorry. I don't remember. I don't know. She doesn't die. Damn it, John. She's dead. She's dead. (laughs) You know what is dead? Her virginity. Whoa. Oh, that sucks. Whoa. See, the thing is... They have a show that's called like uh, After Stranger Things or even Stranger Things or something like that, where they all sit down with the kids afterwards. And, and, and that chick's British, that the little Eleven girl, and she is like all famous now. So she's like talking over all the other kids and like being like, "Oh yeah, that thing was really great." And this scene, and, this. and the other kids are, like are all quiet and like what nerdy and shit. And I was like, "Man, she's nothing like her character. If she was like her character, she would just shut up and eat waffles and just." She was on some show before Stranger Things. I'm trying to remember what the fuck the name of it was, but it was, like, really good. And she was even younger, kind of playing the same thing, and she was just fucking amazing in that. So she's probably going to go the entire, uh, what's her name, the Hermione Granger girl? She's probably going to go that way with a lot less rape from Harvey Weinstein. Emma Watson. Oh, wow. Get out of my dreams, Emma Watson. Jeez. Quit calling me. We love a bad guy. Complete idiots, to be fair. You got a really good show. Shameless from back tonight. You get, I know you guys are shameless. You'll be watching that tonight. I don't know. The last season, there was not much nudity that I was interested in. It really hurt, <laughs> hurt my feelings. That was why I was tuning in. There was like a lot of famous chicks. I'm like, whoa, this chick's getting naked now. Fuck yeah. Yeah, totally, man. I can't wait to play a VR game now. I'm so excited. <laughs> if I play VR game, you mean like go to the porn menu, don't you? <laughs> I'm gonna get my lube ready and I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna play some VR later. Totally, man. Yeah, play some <laughs> VR, bro. Um, so what about wacky news? All right, Magic and Ashes wacky news brought to you by Sandy Bell and Jeff Bauer. Jeff Bauer single-handedly supported our show, our last surviving Patreon. We thank you. You are the reason we're here, Jeff Bauer. Yeah, you're the man, dude. Oh, dude, Jeff Bauer. Not because your brother works 24 hours a day. Live from a hookah bar, this is Wacky News. Wacky News. All right, so there was a prankster who tossed yellow dye into the Lincoln Center fountain at the of the Performing Arts in New York City. Now, that's a funny prank, but I mean, kind of a dickhead move. But it was like the 
the photos were posted all over Facebook and and the the twits twit machines. So it looks like a from the pee or lemonade. I guess there's like waterfalls. There's nothing where like, where it's coming out of a guy's dick or anything like that. But it was just like they they made all the water yellow in the in like the fountains and shit. You see, that's that's a bush move because everybody knows the ultimate fountain prank is when you put laundry detergent in there and it suds up. Yeah, that reminds me about what we we used to do in college. We used to grab a couple couple twelve packs, few people, and then we would go to the grocery store and for like a dollar, dollar fifty, you could buy the bubble bath. And then you buy like six of them and you take the lids off of me, throw them in a hot tub at like some random hotel. So you guys all go to the hotel and be like, yeah, we're staying here. Go to their hot tub and then you just bubble the fuck out of their hot tub room and fucking party. But we would do that probably once a month. We would just fucking terrorize the hotels in Durango. Once again, Tim can't make it through wacky news without admitting to a crime. But he always admits during wacky news. I think if I was going to do a fountain prank, I want to like spray paint a dick now and just make it look like it's peeing or bust nut. Like if you combined John's trick with my trick, it'd probably be pretty funny because it'd look like jizz. Cum is funny, dude. Babies are made from cum. People were, one of our friends were was always legally staying in, in those, those hotels. So moving on to the next story. Um, a 53-year-old woman in Florida got a DUI on horseback. Now, how do you do that shit? <laughs> Was she swerving? Oh, shit. She owned the horse? I guess. I mean, I, maybe she was cussing at people. I don't know. The story didn't say. Did the horse have anything to drink? She looked trash in her mugshot, though. It was like some blonde old lady, and she looked, she looked like she had fucking scars on her face and shit. She was fucked up. Oh, well, here's yeah, a... was the horse drunk or was the horse sober? Because I feel like there's no danger as long as the horse hasn't anything to drink. Isn't the horse really driving, honestly? <laughs> well, here's a here's a hometown news story that relates just to this. There was a guy in my hometown where he got so many DUIs and whatnot that they took his license away. So he started driving his lawnmower to the bar. Yeah. And... The bars are all kind of like right near where the railroad tracks run through town. So guess what happened? No, he got hit by a train. Uh, he got hit by a train on his lawnmower, and there's a separate god for trucks because all it did was like punt him in the air about 20 feet, and he survived. Hi, dang, man, check that shit out. Holy shit, that's funny. Oh god, that was such a good idea until you know that happened. You know what I'd do? I would go to the businesses along there, and I'd be like, I'll cut your lawn. And so, like, as you're driving to the bar, you're just, like, fucking chopping up shit, making money. Totally. <laughs> you, like, you, like, do, like, one of those homeless person scams where you just go door to door, and you're like, please, for the love of God, I'm trying to get to the gas station. All I got is this lawnmower. Can I please mow your lawn for $5? Yeah. Or just be like, I'll mow half of it now. I'll mow half of it now, and the other half at 2 in the morning when I leave the bar... Like, I'm going to just go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all like, like <laughs> swerving, like a, there's an S cut into your lawn and shit. Pay me half now and I'll, I'll get the rest tomorrow. So pole dancing has now been recognized and is an official sport. They have a they have a federation called the International Pole Sports Federation and their leader, Katie Coates, said that she she will plan to get it. She plans to try to get into the Olympics. What do you guys think about pole dancing as an Olympic sport? 
I fucking love it, dude. I would watch the Olympics more. That's for sure. That was the thing. I would definitely watch the Olympics. That'd be sweet. No, you see, y'all are y'all are thinking about this backwards because you know, like take gymnastics and all that, like other shitty gymnastics stuff they got, like where they twirl the ribbons and like they do the trampolines and all that stuff, and they take all the goddamn fun out of it. So if it was like olympic pole dancing they'd have like those stupid shitty outfits you know with all the sequins and stuff and they'd have to like pole dance to jazz numbers and like uh classical music and stuff i mean there's just no way that this would actually come off the way it's supposed to not if i'm judging well i think it should be a lift regulation to fucking they pour some sugar on me like Every athlete would just have to do it to pour some sugar on me, and that would be, like, fucking law. The thing is, they're, they're going to have, like, one or two people that are going to do it right, and the, no, the judges better fucking notice them, because Candy and Butter have been working their hearts out. You'd have to have a little flag next to their names, because all the names would be, like, Sapphire, and five Sapphires, three Diamonds, two Destinies. Oh, I'm so excited for the Olympics. And then what if they got like a strip club DJ to like announce them as they were they're like And they're coming up next for France Class A and Safari's up on stage too if you wanna go go be sure to tape your waitress. It's like a full point deduction if they're not on stage when the song starts. They're like handing out medals and people are like coming up with singles, like trying to tip also. Randomly, the bell goes off and some guy comes out the fire hose and sprays the girl down while she's doing her routine. So great. Fire! Whoa! Shower show! To do this right, they could, like, you know how they have gold medals for, like, you know, individual and team and all that stuff? There'd be, like, one gold medal for, like, uh, pour some sugar on me. There'd be one gold medal for come my lady, come, come my lady. And then there'd be, like, another one for, like, some kind of slip knot or some shit. I'd love it. No, you gotta have. Tone Loke Wild Tone Loke Wild Thing has got to be one of the events. Took it to the hotel. She said, you're the king. I said, be my queen if you know what I mean. And let's do the wild thing. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. That wraps up Wacky News, guys. Do you guys have any uh, stories you want to talk about? Anything crazy happening in your world, Sid? Nah, man. Just been playing some new video games. South uh, Park video game. Uh, is fucking awesome. I highly recommend that to anybody. That's a new RPG. Like play that shit. It's awesome. Is that like the Stick of Destiny two or whatever? Yeah. Shut up, fat boy. Hey, don't call me fat, you fucking Jew. Eric, did you just say the f word? Jew? No, he's talking about fuck. You can't say fucking school, you fucking fat ass. Kyle. How would you like to suck my balls? It's so funny. It's super funny. You know, I've got Destiny 2 already loaded and bought for and everything, and I haven't opened the fucker uh, for four reasons. But uh, mostly the number one reason is uh, Mario Odyssey. Oh, I, were, I thought you were going to say porn, John, because I was like, yeah, me too. Whew, damn, missed that one. <laughs> you just keep buying all these videos and never playing them. <laughs> Every time you turn an electronic device, there's <laughs> porn right there, and you're just, well... I know. I bought a bunch of computer games. Guess what? I have porn on my computer. And uh, my Xbox One, that's where I store most of my porn, so. What the fuck is wrong with you? God. 
That's why TGO is great because you can watch Burn while playing TGO. I know because I've done it. That's the only reason I play MTGO, actually. Tim, Tim's like frantically, you know, googling how to install a bigger, like a four terabyte drive on his Xbox One, and people are like, "Oh yes, I could play all the Assassin's Creed games." He's like, "No, it's the porn. It's the porn. no." Ask Sid. I just bought a second computer, so I have two monitors set up now. Two computers. We're gonna start streaming next week, maybe Thursday this week. You're gonna stream the porn? You're gonna stream you like like fucking Tim Tim's Twitch screen screen. It's gonna be like, oh yes, we're gonna play this game and uh, uh, uh. No, that'll be on the other screen or my tablet. But listen, Thursday we're gonna be uh, dr- uh drafting. We're gonna be forcing Merfolk with Sid and Tim. Come check out our Twitch stream. Forcing Merfolk with Tim and Sid. Whoop whoop. Merfolk. You know what I like versus vampires. I want to suck your dick. I, I've been a big fan of them. Yeah, there have been some late vampires that, like the dude who drains for vampires. Drain? Ah. Those go really late now because people, if they're not, if they're in black, they're usually in pirates. I just love how this flat at first is so hard to ask because it just goes against every... Uh, intuition you ever have about playing draft like swashbuckling when i saw the spoiler i was like oh well here's a card that i were gonna play nope <laughs> turns out that that card's like you guys shit early and play all of them pretty much yeah that card is so busted any any creature you can just put permanent stuff on they just become so hard to remove like the merfolk spell the that gives each a merfolk two counters, or you could put a counter on a creature and a merfolk. That Rival Herald Boon, that card is fucking dumb. Like, just blows me out all the time. Yeah, and one with the wind, the plus two, plus two, and flying. It's dumb on merfolk too, because they have hexproof. Because they play dive down. It's like you play all these shitty cards, and like it sucks, dude. Because like all the cards that you think are good are not even playable. Like you know, the five-five dinosaur for seven man. You can't play that shit. Yeah, one with the wind in our Innistrad draft. That card made an appearance there, and I started drafting it like I was still playing Ixalan. I'm like, I have three of these. I'm unstoppable. And they're like, Oh, bounce your guy or like kill your shit. I'm just like. Yeah, they just, like, ruined your day when you played that shit. No. I'm like, my deck is terrible, I just realized. It's so bad. It's just, like, I don't, I usually didn't even get in the two damage to hurt them before it. You know? They're just like, no, kill your shit. I'm just like, oh, my God. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, you can't fuck up with shit like that in this strad. Unless you have creatures with hexproof. Like, there's some creatures that hexproof in a strad, and you can play you can play that kind of on that shit, but don't fuck around otherwise. Yeah, Dixalon has spoiled me for uh, loading my guy up, for sure. Travel preparations. One in one green for a sorcery. Put a one in one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Flashback. One in one white. But travel is like River Herald's boon, but with flashback, dude. I mean, like, there was some cool shit you could do in Innistrad. I don't know why we're about this again, <laughs> but Innistrad just is fucking awesome. That's the story. Sid, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me casting death in Innistrad on uh, EGO Meister 78 
Do you ever notice how they have the fucking awesome track hats in the Innistrad? Can we just, like, do our episode right now just about all the great things we love about Innistrad? No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, hit my Twitter uh, at the Sid Mike, um, and go over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash magic and hash, and join Jeff in helping support the madness. And uh, we got, like, a website coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, John, John, how do we get a hold of him? Uh, as always, you can find me on the Magic and Hash Facebook page, and I am going to be uh, combing the streets of Los Angeles and New York City looking for women who have been sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. Ooh, you're going to find a lot of them. Um, also look for dudes that were molested by Kevin Spacey. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for getting with us. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter, Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up, we'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. Whoa, I can see you in my mind. Find you with my inner eye. Blindfold on, you cannot hide. It's so hard to be normal, my home's a laboratory Mama's electro-lobotomy, left me hopelessly lonely So Papa looks after me Family tree torn into pieces So Papa can harness the force of my telekinesis To unlock the secrets of interdimensional travel That increase my nosebleeds and force me to see things That cause me to scream when I'm lucidly dreaming I can't seem to shake this uncomfortable feeling That with me inside is a demon that's breathing Who opens a portal to travel between To consume all the souls till it's finished It's feeding, I know if I stay I'll be next So I'm leaving, I smash through these doors Till I'm out in the freezing Some food and some shelter is all that I'm needing Whoa, I can see you in my mind Find you with my inner eye Blindfold on, you cannot hide Whoa, have I cursed this little town Sent inside the upside down But all I want is to be found Now I've got a group of friends Who treat me how I like Give me shelter in the night I think I've got a crush on mine I can communicate with Will on the other side you find them if you'd like Just feed me echoes and I'm fine And now I got strength in me lonely before But this friendship is everything Bonded with chemistry Separately weak but together We fight and defeat all our enemies Guys fight with strategy mentally I use the gift of telepathy Use it as weaponry Threaten the group and I'll throw you around with my mind Till you run away Bullies are easy prey though Even with powers my weakness is evident Know what goes on in the lab so I'm delicate Never turn on my friend's anger is evident Never go back to resume the experiment Without me I know they can never succeed But with courage I carry the world to perceive Submerge in the take I can save what believe me I'll muster the strength and release them the freedom Whoa, I can see you in my mind Find you with my inner eye Blindfold on you cannot hide But all I want is to be found Now I'm standing face to face With the beast from the other side Even though I'm terrified From my end into the sky Blood streaming down my face I know this kid in my life But for friendship and for love I will gladly sacrifice 
No back on the other side, still alive, only in petrified Find an escape, but I'm terrified If I get caught, I'll be back inside I have to adapt or I won't survive Squirrel for dinner tonight that I roast on an open fire Eggles and tubs so that I can find Hop in my shine and I give me a home in the countryside Care for me day and night, I should be satisfied But I feel jeopardized, mentally paralyzed Never a visitor, cannot step one foot outside the perimeter And steal the punishment he will administer Find in the boxes that lead me to mama I run far away, but she's locked in a coma So next I go visit my sister, but run cause she's sinner to killing all those who were dead or in prison Back to Hawkins, it is time to Use the powers in my mind To kill the vines that intertwine Woo! Close that portal, save the town No more threats from the upside down Now I can finally settle down Yeah, 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 yeah 